the word. <laughs> Hello, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Jake Kerr. I'm from Black Ink, and today I'm joined by Austin Ridley. Welcome, welcome to the podcast, Austin. Thanks for having me. Yeah, cheers. I um, I wanted to catch you hot off bringing home so many fucking trophies on the weekend. Yeah, yeah, so, that was um, yeah, good day overall, really. And what'd you take home? Uh so took home. So it was at um, Manjimup. It was the last round of the Southwest Interclub Series, and um, went clean sweep the day. Went one 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 in MX in MX one, which was good. So took home the day overall for the day, and then um. So that's just just to clarify, that's first in every race that you went in. Yeah, yeah. So and that's then, just that alone. Is that like that's a good day in the office for you? Yeah, though. yeah. It's always yeah when you can win every race, it's always a bonus. How many times sure. have you done that before? Um, I've done it a couple of times over the years. I've I've been racing for a bit, so it um yeah definitely it's a lot more satisfying going one 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 over the day than it is. <laughs> it's fucking not crazy. That, but um yeah, and then ended up because that was the last round for the series as well. So I ended up. Uh, getting first overall for the whole championship in MX1 as well, which is the 450 class. Yeah. Um, and then due to the amount of points that I scored, I was I also got awarded the um the most yeah points the highest points scorer in in the whole oh. senior in the whole senior category sort of thing. I so understand. Out of every senior over the year, I I gained I accumulated the most points. Right. So then got um, awarded a trophy for that as well, which is that's just like an annual an annual trophy so you get um the trophy i'll keep that until round one. Oh, you get your name on it yeah and i'll get a plaque with my yeah, with my name yeah. on it so that's sick so yeah come home with a with a couple of pieces yeah it's good when so with with the overall point scorer you have to obviously perform be performing really well but you have to be performing really well at every single race meet hey yeah well, it's just it's the same as um as any series you know you just got to be there you got to try and be at every one if not yeah, you, yeah. With most series, you need to be at yeah. everyone to try and get close to the overall. And um, I ended up doing every single round, which was good. And then, and then, yeah, when you're at when you're at every round, just try and gain as as much points as you can, sort of. Like an oath. Yeah, no, it was a good year. So I've got a little bit of like I don't know how much you know about my skating history, but I've got like a, a fairly comprehensive idea of how like just being a, a racing competitor works, mm. like mentally. And like I've done competitions where you, you know you might do fucking five races in a day, and the concept of like I don't I mean I'm pretty sure motocross will be a lot more competitive. There's a lot more people doing it than speed skating. Yeah. But like winning a couple of races in a day was fucking mind blowing. Yeah. What's yeah. the feeling going into your third race for the day, and you've already got two wins under your belt? It's um I don't know. It's it's you try not to think about it too much because obviously when you think about it too much, that's when stuff normally starts going wrong that's when you lose it whatever yeah you sort of you sort of just try and keep the same mindset and just just go have like just go out and have fun really it's the main thing but um yeah you get like definitely in bigger sort of races you get a bit nervous because obviously if you've won two out of the first two motos it's you sort of have a bit of a bit of a target on your back so people are going to be watching yeah guys, guys that are sort of battling with you have gone into that last moto saying like oh he's beaten me twice now this is the last one i sort of want to want to get him for that last one but um yeah fucking oath. yeah you try and you try not to think about it too much because obviously it's a pretty like motocross is a pretty mental sport as well it's um yeah you just gotta the, you just gotta try and sort of keep the same mindset otherwise dude it, like when when i fell off skating you get like a scrape scrape knee yeah you know, like when you come off well dude i mean just just since i've been paying attention to motocross it's just like 18 months two yeah. years like there's just of people that i know personally have been 
fucking horrific crashes. Mm, yeah, it's terrible. Well, I ended up actually crashing. I ended up crashing in the in the last moto as well, and bars were all twisted up and yeah. and whatnot. But um, ended up that was sort of lap three, so I sort of already gained a bit of a gap by then. But yeah, pretty big. Well, not. It wasn't even really a big crash, but it just it, I don't, just the bike, the way the bike fell, sort of twisted my bars a fair bit, and yeah. It took me sort of a couple of corners after that to get used to it because my bars were sort of on an angle as I was going straight. So for me to turn a corner, I was on a, my bars were just on a completely different angle. Yeah, so. yeah. Um, but once I sort of got used to the bars, it, was, it wasn't too bad. But yeah. Do you have a race bike and a training bike? No, well, some, some people do, but um, I've just got the one bike. But I, with my race bikes, I normally try and swap them over sort of once they get to 50 hours yeah 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 just because um when you when you're riding at a sort of high level you want your bikes to be yeah sort of as, they, as they could as good as they can and so i try and sort of around 50 hours is when bikes start needing like bangs and with like wheel bangs headset bangs and stuff like that that's spending money on it that doesn't really need to be spent on so yeah, you're better yeah. off sort of definitely with 450s you're better off selling them sort of early getting decent money for them and then yeah. for me it's only sort of a thousand fifteen hundred dollar changeover to get a brand new one you know and you got so. a fucking race weapon that's just getting better and better every year yeah yeah, yeah. And, and nothing nothing beats when it comes to motorbikes nothing beats a new one yeah nothing beats Fuck a new yeah. bike so everything just feels a lot better and and, and how it's meant to yeah man yeah but by, by the time they start getting to sort of past 50 hours they start feeling a bit bit rigid and yeah a bit sloppy but yeah nothing beats a, a fresh bike fucking sure. <laughs> well how many years have you been riding uh so i've been riding since so my dad raced before me uh obviously he raced as a kid and whatnot and then um i was born and then he sort of still raced at the time and then uh i got my first bike when i was four i think for christmas i got my first bike yeah um that was just a little honda 50 and then um and then yeah so i sort of started getting a bit more into racing and whatnot and then started racing at five um and then yeah, sort of did my first years on like a DV one, which is the just little kids, and then got to DV twos, and it was only do, was only doing local races for the time, and then it sort of just got too hard for dad because most of the time the way that they do the race orders like because dad was racing vets, which is oh, like, so you uh, back to back. Yeah, it was nearly was yeah most yeah. like some of the races it was back to back, and like for dad it was just it just become too hard for him to race look after himself his bike and whatever and then sort of look after me as well yeah true just got too much so he sort of yeah decided to pack the boots up and and just live sort of vicariously yeah 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 that's it and um yeah it was cool so and then he stopped racing and then yeah i think it was the year after in 2008 i did my first because i was only doing local stuff and then the first year uh yeah 2008 dad was like oh now that it's only sort of austin doing it we'll we'll go and do the state rounds and go and do some other events other than just Bunbury. Right. And um, and then, yeah, first first year of doing it, I ended up winning a, a WA state title and then went to the Junior Nationals and then um, ended up getting third third in Australia. Wild. First, first year, sort of. Yeah. Sort of doing it as a... Just, at, just without local stuff, really. Just outside of Bunbury, started doing all that. And yeah, first year, I ended up... All of a sudden, you find the, yourself on a podium. Winning the state title and um, third in Australia, which was a... Yeah, it was a pretty crazy feeling. And I was only sort of... Eight, I was only eight at the time, but... So what size bike you on there? Like an 80? Uh, I was 50. It was a, oh, so there's two sorts of 50. There's Divi 1s, which is like the little 50s. And then there's Divi 2, which is like a senior 50. It's just a taller... Yeah. Taller 50. And you see like the two-stroke 50s and shit. Yeah, that's what they were. Yeah, KDM. Wild, okay, KDM yeah. 50, yeah. 
And um, and then yeah, so it sort of blew dad away, like just the fact that it was the first year sort of doing it. And yeah, and it's all happening went, already. Yeah. yeah. So then sort of from then on, they're like, oh, we'll, we'll get right in. Because normally it's around those years where the parents know that they're either going to race or they're not, like they're yeah. either interested or they're not interested. And and um, yeah, sort of after that, mum and dad were like, oh. How do you feel about winning? How How is this is like, not... Oh. Not very often do you have someone that's like a consistent winner and like you get to a point where I'm sure you've had a conversation with yourself where you're like, I'm the fucking guy. You know what I mean? Like not in a yeah. cocky way, but like I rock up and I can win. I've got that that capability. So how does that feel? Yeah, it's oh, winning's oh, best feeling for sure. Yeah. Like when you can go to a race and, and definitely I find races that you've got to work for it, I find more satisfying just because you've got to put the work in to yeah, yeah. win. Um. But yeah, it just obviously gives you that bit more confidence and, and gives you and just and just helps you as well if you're training during the week and on and off the bike and then you get a win on the, and then you get a, end up getting a win on the weekend. It's definitely a lot more satisfying and it sort of sort of gives you more motivation to keep training. You know, it's yeah, like it yeah. beats you down when you're sort of getting that second or third or fourth or fifth sort of thing over the yeah over a long time. It sort of beats you up because you think that you're not really progressing. But it's just with motocross, it's you could be winning one time and be sort of fifth the next time and you're not really riding any different. It's just, yeah, just, well, it's just one of those sports. It's, it's just so, so minor that it like, it doesn't take much to go from first to fifth. <laughs> There's not many sports where like the terrain, like the actual terrain that you've got to manipulate changes so much. Yeah. You know, like yeah. Manjimup compared to Bunbury. Like, I don't know what I'm talking about. And a Manjimup looks like shit compared to Bunbury. Yeah. Well, Manjimup's just a, like Bunbury's just the whole track is sand at Bunbury. Yeah. Um, and it's... But it seems like Manjimup's more of a clay. Well, Manjimup's sort of half-half, like the sort of top half of Manjimup is like a clay gravel sort of dirt. And yeah. then um, the base of the hill, because Manji's sort of on a hill. Yeah. Um, yeah, top half is sort of, yeah, like a like a clay, like rock hard and um, pea gravel and stuff like that. But then the bottom half of Manjimup is sand as well. So it's it, like Manji's actually a really good track just because it's... It has both components yeah, in. Yeah, right, so right, right. Where most tracks is either hard pack or or sand. So, yeah. Um, Manji's definitely cool because it's got it's got sort of both in it. But um, still though, I mean, if you're like you, you got the most amount of points out of everyone this year, it means that you know how to ride pretty much everything. You're yeah, pretty, pretty yeah. happy in. Any yeah, sort definitely, of definitely more confident. I've or because I've grown up on Bunbury, I've definitely I'm probably better on sand. But yeah. um, is sand kind of like the weak spot of most people? Or it's just like. Most guys that grow up on sand can ride both pretty good. Right. Where guys that grow up on hard pack is struggle on sand a lot more just because you're going from a soft surface to a hard surface is a lot easier than going from... It's like riding on the road to riding on... Yeah, no. Sort of I understand. ...sand on a push bike, you know? like It's like the... Riding, riding sand all the time then riding on a footpath is way easier. We're going from a footpath to sand. Yeah, it's like, what the fuck it's happened? Just, it's just complete, like, completely different, yeah, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. So then, have um, you had like a sorry to cut you off? Have you yeah, had like yeah. a uh, like a period where you didn't we weren't winning as frequently? I guess. Yeah, probably. I uh, it's just like all through juniors, I was definitely in the state series and stuff like that. It was always the guys that I grew up with racing. Were, I was it was very competitive. Like there was sort of six, like five or six of us that could all could all win, and then it got to the point where I was sort of. It just got to the point in like 65, 85, where a couple of guys that were in the top sort of three in my class were the parents just not supported them a bit more, but they just took that extra 
extra leap and got him to the next level sort of thing and like we're getting him homeschooled and we're traveling traveling over east and doing a lot more traveling where my parents just weren't like no i don't i don't blame them for not doing it but for, for giving just, you a normal pretty you know, they, they normal just couldn't experience. they just couldn't afford for me to do that they just couldn't afford for, to send me like they just couldn't afford to send me over east all the time and they couldn't afford like mum just mum is a primary school teacher so yeah she just didn't see the point in me being homeschooled and all that just for motocross like homeschooling is a crazy level though yeah and like and that's and once those kids that were in front of me like that i was battling slash beating at the time once they started to get homeschooled they just went that much quicker because they were yeah say they were getting home they were doing their homeschool stuff for an hour two hours during the day and then they'd go riding for the rest of the day so and even their recovery their diet everything is yeah just like... and they just they just had a lot more time to ride where at the time, because I did, obviously didn't have a license or anything, it was just I was and mum and dad. Mum worked from sort of eight till eight till four. Yeah, dad normal hours. Six till six till six, really, and uh, I just I couldn't ride during the week, so I was yeah. I was just basically going weekend to weekend, and just if I wasn't racing, I was training on the weekend. But I was going from weekend to weekend riding, and they yeah. were sort of so they were sort of like yeah three two three days ahead of me before i even got on my bike and then times up by six months and they're just fucking it it all adds up up and that's what i mean bike time with motocross bike time is the the best thing you know like you can do as much stuff as you want in the gym but if you're not riding often it's yeah it's pointless you know like you know it's funny i'm drawing so many similarities between uh skating and Mm. and riding it's crazy there's no better training than actually doing doing the the thing yeah like even like I've found like you know we've gone for rides together doing like wheelies. Yeah. Like I, I've gone from not being able to do a wheelie to like fucking doing wheelies. Yeah, you know, yeah. like brake control, round corners, this and that. And it's just like man, I fucking ride every day. Like that's yeah. all it is. Yeah, and it's just getting comfortable as well. Like obviously, me going from weekend to weekend compared to the kids that are riding two, three times a week. It was when I hopped on my bike. It took me say not a not a huge amount but it took me a couple laps to go all right he, I'm yeah, comfy, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm good to go where like they've ridden their bike three times that week so they hop on it on the weekend and go oh we're there comfy straight away you know yeah. like they were already ready to go and I, i've noticed that now sort of now that i've now that i've got my license i i'm able to ride during the week and and whatnot and it just makes you that much more comfortable on the bike because you know because you've like it, you're just familiar with yeah, it, yeah, yeah, riding for sure. it more often. Yeah. Um, you yeah, know, I definitely. think people forget that is like a structure that works with everything. Yeah. You oh, know, like I got definitely. friends that are like, oh, I can't, I can't read books. It's like, just fucking read every day until you can. Yeah. Like just it. keep doing yeah. it. Well, it's just been, um, you just got to constantly sort of do it, you know? Like, yeah, discipline, man. And that's the whole, the whole part of improving. It's, you're not going to improve if you're not doing it. <laughs> yeah. And also if you're running on that, that mantra of like, well, I can't do that thing, so I'm not going to do it. It's yeah. like, well, you've already said you can't do it. Yeah. You know, like it, I know it's an old cliche thing where it's like, you know, you got to start with that fucking positive mental attitude and work from yeah, there. But it's like, it literally it. starts to go on. Oh, I yeah. want to be able to do wheelies. Yeah. Let's keep doing wheelies. So I, I know I can't do it right yeah, now. Yeah, that's what I mean. It, at the start, it seems impossible, but then you slowly, like you don't even really notice the improvements either. But one moment you, you can't do it and it's the hardest thing ever to... And then doing it down the street like it's, it's nothing, just happening. you know. Like yeah, it's you don't notice the improvements, but it's the fact of just constantly doing it. Yeah, you're always going to get there. So, what's your training schedule now look like? 
Well, not um, now as in end of the season. Like, typically, what just, are you doing during the week to, to train? Well, just, um, I normally try, like, during the season, I try and sort of ride. So, like, if I'm not racing on the weekends, I'll I'll ride on the weekends um, and train and whatnot. And then, but sort of during the week, I'll try and ride my bike maybe, like, once or twice, mostly yeah. twice a week. I normally try sort of like a Tuesday, Thursday, so then it gives me a day sort of either side to wash my bike and right. get it ready and whatnot. But then that's down here at Bunbury, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I normally go to Bunbury or maybe like a couple of private tracks around here and stuff like that. But right. um, yeah. So normally, like, say if I race on the weekend or Mondays, normally just cleaning the bike and stuff, and then I'll tr- sort of try Tuesday. I'll try ride the bike. Um, then Wednesday, I I've got a sort of gym, a gym set up at home, and normally I either do a workout at home just cardio stuff like I've got a roll machine and a spin bike and yeah. some rope and skipping rope and stuff like that so I normally try and do that on a Wednesday either that or I'll go to the rec centre and do some swimming and stuff and yeah fuck yeah which I've just sort of brought into my program this year um, a couple of guys have spoke to me and said that because like with, with motocross breathing definitely over the long 20 minute motos it's breathing is such a a massive thing because yeah. if you're not breathing definitely when you're in heated battles and stuff as well you tend to hold your breath and then when you hold your breath that's when you get arm pump and cramps and right stuff like that and so yeah a couple of guys that I was sort of riding with were saying like oh you got to try and I'm not a huge swimmer I don't know not a huge fan but oh yeah to like increase your like yeah and, too just, and, and, and just overall and like upper body strength and as well and Wild. so I started doing that and I noticed a huge improvement in my riding just from just from going out and swimming Wild. like I was sort of going there I'd, I'd go to the pool sort of do 12 to 15 um, 100 meters and then go in the sauna sit in the sauna for 10 minutes or yeah. 10 15 minutes and then sit in the spa for 10 minutes just relax and then and then go home but I yeah, noticed just nice. from doing that constantly as well I'd noticed a huge difference just in my riding just because obviously upper body strength is a lot with motocross yeah like, for sure and then obviously just getting yourself in a breathing pattern as well it's it's um, are you like important. thinking about your breathing while you're riding or oh you... definitely yeah, yeah 100% right are you, and what does it look like a constant reminder to well, breathe or are you I've just I never like I used to struggle with it a lot like arm pump I used to struggle with that a fair bit but I've sort of gotten to the point now where I can uh, just every corner like normally on the entrance of every corner I just sort of big breath in, big breath out, or if it's like a long straight or anywhere that I can sort of, that I'm not manhandling the bike or yeah, yeah. even in the air sometimes if it's a big enough jump. But Finding tempo where you can kind of get like a... Yeah, just because yeah. that's what I mean. It's, if you're definitely when you're in a battle, like because you're trying as hard as you can, you, you do tend to hold your breath. But it's, once you get out of that battle or heart, even if you're during the battle sort of thing, you need to try and get as much breath as you can because otherwise, right. otherwise you get two laps in and... You're, you're stuffed sort of yeah yeah go on. yeah fuck man i never thought about it like that yeah it's such i feel like obviously you're past it now but it's a sport that is essentially is you're running on adrenaline like you're oh, fucking close to yeah. death all the time yeah it's um it's full on definitely like when it gets to races where it's a full gate like 40 guys all going all going for it it's um true nuts sometimes yeah or you have to have some gnarly experiences in those first fucking start to oh, the first yeah. corner yeah i've had plenty plenty of plenty of big crashes in the first corner that's what, for sure what sort of like i guess it's just obvious people are just running into each other that's what's happening right? yeah well, that's and that's what i think it's say if there's 40 guys in the line there's 40 guys all lined up in a row and then they're they're all fighting for the the first corner is normally sort of the determiner six meters wide so okay. that's 40 guys wide trying to go 
into a but even that like that's the complete track but normally we're all trying to go to that inside line which is a meter two yeah, and a half yeah. meters wide and it's it's 40 dudes trying to get that whole shot and they're all trying oh. to get to that corner first you know like it's and man the feeling of getting there first must be nuts <laughs> yeah it's huge like and it just makes the race that much easier when you get a good start as well yeah. like whole shotting a race is do you appreciate the chase though? Do you like a good fucking maybe six? Yeah, I actually don't mind. I actually don't mind chasing sometimes. It's um sometimes I prefer being the chaser than the, the chase getting chased. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah like, for sure. Just because when you're chasing, you can sort of watch their lines and see where they're making mistakes, like see where they're faster than you, see where they're slower, and then you right. can sort of plan where you're gonna pass. Where yeah. When you're in front, you can't see what they're doing, so your your mindset is just you've got to go. Yeah, yeah. Where yeah. like when they're behind you, they just they can just they don't really have to push at all, really. They can just sit there behind you and just watch you until they find Wild. that they're in you're a like, decent spot, you know. Like, I know, right? Fucking here, he always skips. Yeah. Just yeah, whatever it is. Yeah, and they can see like they can tell when if they're doing different lines, they can go, oh look, I'm faster than I'm faster than him yeah. here. Yeah. I'll wait until this part of the track and then I'll pass him. Power you know, pass like, him, yeah. And also, if you know that's coming up, you can drop back and hit it hard. Yeah, yeah. yeah where when, you're, when you're the person getting chased, you, you've just got to sort of try and hit everything as fast as you can and hope that he stays behind you. Is there <laughs> an indication, like, I'm, I'm I'm very sensitive to sound, so I don't know, like, whether you'd be able to... Can you hear when someone's right there? You or? can, but when they get, like, real, like, obviously, when they're sort of a couple of bike lengths behind you, you can hear them because, obviously, you can just hear them revving and when you're braking, they're still on the gas, rah, rah, rah. but yeah. it's when, like, when they're really close to you, you can't, because you're normally, you're that close that you're sort of braking at the same time, you're shutting oh. off at the same time, you're getting on the gas at the same time. So it's the same fucking sound. Yeah, yeah so you'd okay. actually, you actually don't, like, when you can't, when you go from hearing them to not hearing them, that's when you know that they're sort of, they've either crashed and, yeah. and they've gone, or they're, they're right, right there. there. So it's, <laughs> Fuck that noise, dude. It sort of gets to the point where, like, in jumps and stuff, you sort of have a little glance back just to see. Yeah. You can't hear them. You sort of have a little glance just to see if they are oh. right there, or if they're sort of, or if they, or, you, or you've like, got a gap. Yeah. yeah. There's no um, like uh, in the few sports that I've competed in, like skating and cycling and stuff like that. When someone crashes, like, what's the code with these guys? Is that like, okay, he's dead, like he's out? Well, it just depends. Like, or well, they have we have flags, like obviously flag people that flag at the events, like say every most corners and most jumps on the track we'll have a flaggy which is a person that just sits there for the day and yeah has three or four sets of flags which are yellow is just like a crash someone's crash but it's not huge yeah so like say when we're coming up to a jump and we see a yellow flag normally you have to roll the jump you can't jump it just in yeah. case someone's the on, on the landing or whatnot um there's either yellow or there's an ambo flag which is a white with a cross with a red cross yeah um and then that's when you know that it's sort of bigger like a bigger sort of crash and that's when there's normally medics and stuff will get will be on the track is that race over or still nah still race but there's no passing so once a yellow flag and an ambo flags up you're not allowed to if say if you're in a battle you're not allowed to pass yeah or jump so you have to roll the jumps not allowed to pass until you're right past that point and then it's back to racing yeah um but then obviously if that crash will escalate say if the ambulance will escalate to more where they need to have complete control over the track yeah. to be able to get to the crash, then they'll red flag it, which is yeah, instant, race over. instant race over. So that's like nearly not come to a stop, but basically roll back to the start line. and then. So say you're battling with homeboy and he he crashes and gets like a yellow flag for, maybe doesn't even get a yellow flag. He picks mm. up his bike and 
is there any hanging back for him or is nah. it just like yeah so it's all yeah well, it's all racing really yeah. like obviously what? some some guys in different classes that aren't as competitive or whatever if they see their mate crash they might do a bit of bullshit and do a little sort of thumbs up to see if they're alright or slow yeah. down a bit but yeah in the in the main classes it's sort of unless it's a big big crash it's if they crash behind so, you then it's a it's more of a more of a like a bit of a satisfaction well not satisfaction but yeah, no, you just dude. look back and go, oh, like I don't I've have got that a bit of room now. Like, yeah, it's um, but that's what I mean. It, it's it happens all pretty quick with with crashes and stuff. It doesn't take much to yeah to crash on a motorbike. So. Yeah, well, man, I was I only asked because I was thinking this just recently. There's this unwritten rule with speed skating. I'm mm. a marathon skater, so you're in yeah. the, you're in the race for an hour. Yeah, bit of a different situation, I guess. But if you're like even a whisper of being someone who might win the race mm. and you fall over, it's expected the pack will slow down and wait for you. Yeah, right. Even within five k's from the from the like end of the race, yeah, like if okay. it's forty, because they'd set their speed off you, would they? Or well, is that why? Well, no, this is the idea. Like, it's just like for some reason, it's just a respect thing that's lasted in the sport. Yeah, okay. And it's like, nah, if you're meant to win this race, then fucking get up and prove it. Yeah, well, that's what but I mean. As, as soon as that person's on the pack, like, believe that. Yeah, fucking, he's on. Go, go, yeah. go, go. Now yeah, let's try crazy. and fuck him in. In yeah, you well, know, motocross would be completely different if that was the case. Like. Just because crashes happen so not often, but it's definitely expected more. Like than... a crash, could, a crash for us could just be sort of a tip over in a corner, which takes sort of doesn't take long to get back up and get going. But like me being behind someone in a battle and me having a tip over in a corner and having to get my bike back up and get going again, they they're already sort it's of gone. they're gone. Yeah. Like, if yeah, motocross would be completely different if that was the case. If we had to do Dude, that, but... to be fair though, motocross riders are animals. Yeah, like yeah. they really are. Yeah, different breed, that's for sure. <laughs> like I like, I mean, I'm not floating my own boat, but you know, like I've I've ridden bikes my whole life and yeah. shit, and like you know, got some tattoos and, and and I don't know, but I walked through a motocross car park. I'm like, these cunts would all bash me out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, most yeah, it's definitely we're we're definitely different from. From normal guys, like we're not, we ain't no footy players or nothing. But, yeah, fucking oath. Um, yeah, I, I, I actually, I find most motocross dudes, like the dude, like motocross guys that come and they're, they're there to cause shit and fight and right, right, they don't last long because... Yeah, they like, don't have the right intention. Yeah, that's, it's most, like, I know 90, 99% of the guys that I race with and that are like, I can, um, yeah, we race... Um, during the race sort of thing and battle and whatnot and but as soon as we come in take the helmets off we all have a laugh and yeah, but have yeah. a beer together and, and have a laugh and sort of thing and that's that's I find that's sort of the best thing about the sport is that like you could be pitting with everyone that you race against and your best mates and then as soon as you go on the line it's like alright we're on yeah, and battle yeah. and rah, rah, but then come back in and you go oh that was sick I had so much fun like, yeah dude you, you just enjoy it you know like where I find other sports that people that are competitive with each other they don't talk they don't look at each other they hate each other they won't talk on social medias they we're like yeah 99 of the guys that i race we all i all get along with which is the i find the best thing you know like yeah it's easy nothing better than racing your mates and then having a good time afterwards i think a lot of that competitive shit's put on mm, you know yeah. like i think it's like some of it is an act to get yourself to a point where you where you're like yeah i actually am feeling like real emotions are like I want to beat this person. Yeah, and but sometimes I, like with motocross, it's half not half the time, but most of the time it's the parents that force. Yeah, dude. The rivalries. Like that's just sport in general. Yeah, it's nuts. Like it's crazy that the kids have that 
the the parents just pump that into them and then sort of when the kids get to an age where they can they know what's sort of going on they go no like, he's good yeah what are you like, talking about like yeah, <laughs> like, yeah 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 like, why have i hated you all these years you know like it's it's funny like oh, definitely junior parents like junior parents are pretty hectic sometimes like it's dude nuts. juniors is like uh, is it the same in motocross it's like fucking crazy racing from juniors and seniors sometimes yeah well, it's just the with juniors it's because sort of once you get to seniors most of the dudes at seniors it's normally just them and the girlfriend or like maybe yeah. some guys might have their parents still like i've still got my mum and dad with me at races but most of the guys at seniors it's normally just them but where juniors it's it's the kids racing but it's the there's the mum and dad watching there's yeah yeah <clears throat> the whole family sort of there and yeah so like yeah i've had even when i was a junior there was sort of kids not within my class but i've been at junior events where like the kids will be battling like they're best mates they will be battling sort of thing and come in from the race and the parents are smashing on in the pits like fuck yeah dude it's just the, pa- the parents the parents just live that much through through the kids they just take it too far sometimes like yeah. the kids were like stoked like oh yes had a sick battle but then the, yeah, dude. the parents are going like nah that's fucking man it's fucking crazy because like one point like one point of view I get it being a parent I don't get it I'm not a parent but yeah. it must be fucking crazy watching your kid out there oh, doing that sport yeah. you know going up against this other little shithead with his bloody rat's tail and yeah, better yeah. equipment than my boy and, yeah, you know? and that's the thing with motocross it's like that's I mean from having a cheap bike to an expensive bike and parts and just spares and stuff like that it's it's um it's definitely hard to compete with like definitely when you're racing families that are have a pretty well off money wise yeah yeah have multiple bikes and just it's hard to compete sometimes like which, so, oh the difference between the 200 hundred dollar helmet and the 1200 dollar helmet oh yeah it's insane and that yeah 100 percent. but um like yeah my dad still gets i'm so i'm 22 now and my dad, like, definitely on state rounds, like normal local events, he's not too bad. He's pretty relaxed. But the morning of state titles and stuff, he's dry reaching and really crook and yeah, just because just the nerves build up in him and he just. Fuck, can't. that's interesting. Yeah, well, yeah. I don't blow. Like I, I sort of asked him about it last year. I think it was, and he was dry reaching and feeling crook and wouldn't eat and whatever. I was like, well, what's the go? Like, Being a soft cock, dad. Well, yeah. Well, <laughs> well. I was just like, why do you still like? I just asked him why he still got why he still got nervous and um and he was just like well you've gotten to the point now that you're at the top of like you're in the fastest class so mx1 is 450 class which is the biggest yeah yeah class you can race he's like you've gotten to the biggest class you can race you're in you're the top five in the state yeah so you're going quick and it's just the fact of like the speed that we're going at now like when something goes wrong it's it, it's, it's normally pretty big yeah. like it's just the fact of and like I, I don't blame him like it's a pretty full on sport and definitely when it's his kid and, and what, I'm the only child as well so it's his only boy so yeah. putting putting his life on the line and um and stuff like that and it's, and yeah I sort of was like oh yeah like it does, yeah, it does like, make a bit of sense I don't blame you like it's it's pretty full on yeah dude <laughs> I think it's how my parents feel when I go out on Saturday nights. You yeah. know? It's, it's my only boy. <laughs> Just don't say anything smart to the wrong yeah. people. <laughs> yeah, it's a, So what what do you want to do with motocross? Like, where do you want to take it? I don't know. It's I've sort of just look at it now as a sport. It's I got to the point where my last sort of three three years of juniors, it just got to the point like sort of if you're going to make it with motocross, you have to make it pretty early. Yeah. Like if you're not if you're not sort of the man by 
15, 16, it's sort of too, not too late, but like, because that's amount. My, like I was saying before, my parents just couldn't afford for me to go over east and, and ride because that's where all the teams are. Like, that's where all the big yeah, sponsors right, and right. stuff are. And I guess there's heaps more tracks over there as well. Just WA has such a disadvantage because, like, we're so far away from everyone else where for us to get noticed if you're not going over there and winning so say if, even if I went over there and got 10th yeah which is good for like I'd, I'd be stoked but that's nothing to them like unless unless a WA guy is going over there over east and winning yeah that you they just don't want to know about you know like yeah right you're out it, of the circle yeah, and it just it just got to the point with me with juniors that like I was always in that top five in the state and rah rah. But mum and dad just said, look, like we can't afford to take you over east and, yeah. and whatnot. And I, I still did junior nationals all the way through juniors. And my last year of junior nationals, I got I think I got seventh or something. But I twisted my knee pretty bad first up in the because junior nationals goes for a week. Oh yeah. So it's like. Because most of the time in every class there's more than forty, so you'll spend the first three days. I oh, just heat split up, and then do heats and stuff, and then they pick the fastest forty for the last sort of two days, which yeah. is the sort of finals. And um, and yeah, they just said, look, like we just can't afford it. Like just straight mm. up, just said, look, we can't afford it. Like, yeah, you've you've done good with with your results and motocross through juniors. You've won state titles. You've won got podiums and at nationals and yeah multiple trophies and whatnot but they just said like look we can't afford it you've just got to start looking at this as a as a sport not a lifestyle because yeah. some of the kids that were above me were just trying to were just going all out like there was families that were put like selling houses and like living out of a caravan just for their kid to hopefully make it and yeah like adding to their mortgages so they could send their kid over east and how do you feel about that now do you obviously I, like obviously there's always that that part of me that would have loved to go through all of that and go race and travel and race and try and sort of make it but once you once you sort of realize it's like you look at it as a sport and then you realize that there's in Australia there's not a huge amount of money to be made yeah in motocross it's, unless you're winning everything you might make 120 130 yeah but like most of the dudes that I know that are professionals they still have to have a, a yeah a, a, something a going on yeah They're still going to have something to earn enough to live you know like once I saw that and realised that it's like yeah I, I, I yeah always there was always that part of me that wanted to be like as obviously as a kid growing up oh it's, the, be, it's a dream always want to be a professional motocross racer but yeah once once I sort of got to that age where I knew what the what the go was with everything price wise and money wise and stuff like that I sort of I was like oh like I'm not I can understand how we're here yeah and yeah. I, I've, I've had a good life as well it's not like I had a shit life and rah rah but like yeah, I, was, I, I was satisfied like I've done my I've had my sort of not glory years but I've had years where I've like won and, and rah rah but to be honest man you probably find like what you've got because this is a thing like you've got a, a skill set that you probably don't really appreciate yet you know yeah, how to win you know yeah. how to work mm. you know how to like what 100% commitment is yeah and, like, and that's what I mean like five years down the track I'm going to be in front really because uh Say if they go there and, and make what forty fifty thousand dollars a year, like they and they've been homeschooled their whole life, so they've got hardly an education. They've yeah. got no like tickets behind them. They've got no like apprenticeships or anything. They've yeah. got nothing qualification wise behind them. 
Like if motocross doesn't work, that's it. You got nothing. Where yeah, life of an ex athlete yeah, is like hard. Where now I I still race motocross. I'm an apprentice. I earn a wage. I still enjoy myself on the weekends. Other than motocross, like I still live a life and still race motocross. Where they've put their whole life on the line for motocross, and if it doesn't work. They've got nothing to fall back Dude, on, you it know. Like, work. If they fall where, off like, their if, fucking bike once and, and fuck themselves, it, yeah. Like, and that's the thing. Like, if I if I decide not to race motocross tomorrow, it's it's not going to change my life at all. Yeah. But like, where for them, that's that's everything, you know. Like, if they don't race motocross, they've got nothing. That conversation but, is: Are you going to be the best? Yeah. You know, if yeah. you're going to be the best, sure, give it everything. Yeah. But unless you believe you can be the best, yeah, the man, then it's probably worth. Being smart about it. Yeah. Saying, I'm going to yeah, ride definitely. motocross forever, but I'm going to give myself two or three or four more options. Yeah. You know? Yeah, definitely. And that's a, I, I enjoy it as a sport now, and I probably enjoy it more now that I do have a bit more fun with it. Yeah. Like, obviously still racing competitively and still do a lot of the rounds and stuff, but now that I'm sort of not going, I need a win because I want to become I want to become a professional, it's yeah. it's more now like... I want to, I want to go good for for me sort of thing. It's yeah. it's more just it's you can add a bit more fun to it. And yeah, fucking not as much pressure. It's cool when you don't have to win, but you still do it anyway. You yeah, know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely a lot more satisfying when you do win. So but, what's what, what was the draw to black ink? I mean, I'm not mad at all that you that you're fucking wearing the brand, but <laughs> yeah, what what was the draw? Don't know. It's just um, I've obviously noticed you from a couple of years back when you were because obviously you were supporting um, Brody Cassidy for the yeah. couple of years um, yeah, yeah. and also like Brock Nelson and like those two guys I sort of looked up to as right. juniors yeah. like when I was when I was sort of five, six years old they were sort of 12 or 13 or whatever but like they were sort of the at the time those Brock and, and Brody were sort of the guys like I, someone was telling me this dude Brody's mum was telling me this the other day she's like dude didn't matter what Brody did everyone was fucking following him yeah yeah he's a real culture setter you know yeah yeah and um yeah it was cool like uh, there was a lot of guys at, at Bunbury and even at Perth and stuff that I looked up to as a kid but yeah I always I grew up around Brock a little bit and also Brody and then so once I saw that sort of you were supporting them it was like oh like Check it out! And, oh, uh, and then, awesome! So from 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 there, it was um because obviously I was friends with them on social media and stuff, and then yeah, I think you supported him at uh, Brody at, at Manjima, yeah, and I saw that and I was like, oh, what's going here? And then sort of from there, it was I Fuck. sort of followed you from there, and then and then yeah, just the I was just I just thought it was cool, just the way that you were always producing stuff and always making different things, and were like. I saw you everywhere on social yeah, media. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just doing shit. It was, yeah, I couldn't get away from it. Yeah, but yeah, it, was, yeah. no, it was it was cool to see. And yeah, so I just, yeah, thought. It's actually uncanny hearing that because would you believe that like while Black Ink was a thing when it was a coffee van, like before I did the kind of revamp 18 months ago, mm. uh, Brody would be the one who would push me to like, you know, what are you doing next? What, yeah, can yeah. I Can I invest money in you? What can we do to make this brand better? Yeah. And it's like he had more vision for Black Ink than what I did. Yeah. And like this is back when like, dude, for the first three years after I, because I, I don't know if you know the whole story. It used to be a coffee van. Mm. I renamed it something that had nothing to do with coffee so I could do anything with that business. Yeah. I called it Black Ink. Yeah. And then made myself uniform. People started wanting to buy these shirts off me, so I yeah. made more of them. Like the story is so fucking beautifully organic. It, yeah, it's nice. Yeah. But the whole time, Brody was behind me, like in the in the DM, saying like, "Dude, yeah. like we got to do something. You yeah, know, the jerseys yeah. are big. We should do this." And then, obviously, fucking, it lay dormant for three years, four years, and 
when I say like religiously once every six months, Brody would call up and say like, hey man, what's going on with Black Ink? What are you doing? And every time I'm like, bro, shut the fuck up. Yeah. Like nothing's going on. Yeah, yeah. And then one day he called me when, when, and it just all clicked and I was like, oh, why the fuck am I not doing Black Ink? Yeah. And that was right, I think this is like maybe three months before Manjumup. He goes, I'm going to go to Manjumup. Yeah. I want Black Ink all over the bike. I want a jersey. He he created the jersey. Yeah, sick. He organized all the plastics and shit. And then all of a sudden, I remember I went from like selling like, you know, half a dozen shirts a, a month Yeah. to like... Or, it wasn't that it even increased my sales. It was like I was like literally I was paying the print bar to create these shirts for fifty dollars so mm. I could sell them for sixty. Yeah. And I was packing them on my dad's pool table. Yeah, yeah. You know, and then all of a sudden we did this trip to manage them up where I got these really two good like batches of content. I made mm. them into reels, they popped off. I remember looking at black ink on his KTM and being like, oh, this is real. Yeah, yeah. This is a real yeah, thing. Yeah, this is actually happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. no, it was cool. And that's, I mean, it was, um, it was just cool to see, you know, like just the amount of stuff that you were, you were bringing out as well. It was, yeah, dude. It was and cool. then you and then, came up to me at fucking, at the winter release. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> that was, oh, I, I know I told you the story, but the fucking day before you came up to me, this dude said to me, he's like, oh, he sends me a message just started following me sends yeah, me a message yeah. on instagram like hey man like starting back up my i'm thinking about starting back up motocross next year and like i'd you know i'd, I'd love like i'm looking for some support looking for some sponsors right around yeah. like i'd be happy to run your brand if you you know give us some free shit and maybe help us out here and there and it's like like you just started following me you're thinking about doing yeah. motocross like yeah. you've got you've got like 300 followers or 500 or 700 followers it's like I'm not saying that you're not bringing value to the table. I just don't know where it is because it's not very evident. Yeah. And then yeah. the next day, I'm like at my winter release and obviously like on a high because we've, you know, I've sold mm, some shit. Yeah, and I'm feeling good. Stuff, yeah. And you're like, man, I've got two and a half thousand followers. I'm posting all the time. <laughs> I want to wear black ink. And I remember just at the time being like, hang on, what? Bombarded you. Who the fuck are you again? <laughs> you know? And I remember because you, yeah. you got your bike stolen. Yeah, last that was, year, uh, 2020 it was. Right, yeah. so two years now. Yeah, I remember when that got stolen. I was like on the on the fucking gravy train of like mm. sharing it every yeah, fucking yeah. couple of days as well. Yeah, so I kind of had that, you know, Austin really in the back of my mind. I was like, oh yeah, and then man, I mean, I've told you this probably half a dozen times now. From that conversation to now, I can't believe that you came up to me and you're just like the guy who's winning everything. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Yes, you can have wear black ink. <laughs> Take yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, it was cool. And um. Yeah, stoked to be a part of it, sure. Fuck you, yeah, so, man. I really yeah, I appreciate it. you having having you on board. And like, yeah. as I said, man, since Saturday, I've had three different conversations with people who have brought up your name. Not like we're talking about shit to do with Black Ink. They're just like, oh, and Austin, really? Oh, wait, don't you sponsor Austin? It's like, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, fuck me. Yeah, yeah I yeah. do. <laughs> yeah, and it's vice versa as well. Like even me at motocross or even me sort of with mates and rah, 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 like it's, I've gotten the question multiple times since, since we've started sort of working together and like who's what's fucking like seeing it's all like and now that i've got the graphics on my bike and and right other like bike bike looks so sick like who's fucking it's like oh like then they, cool. and then it gets them it gets them involved as well you know like yeah. i've had i've had multiple people say like who who is it like what's it about what is it and and right, right, right. it's it's um yeah, it goes vice. It goes both ways, you know. It's fucking like, cool. It's cool. So. It must be a fucking nightmare for you explaining what black ink is, because when people ask me, I'm like, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's like marketing, kind of make clothes. I've got yeah. a website. Yeah. I don't know. What's bit, um, bit everything? 
Well, dude, you're, all it is like this is this is a thing, man. I've made a business around doing shit that I like doing. Yeah, that's it. That's yeah. all it is. It's, it's like every day is a little bit different, but I'm always doing something fun. Yeah, you know. That's it. Got to enjoy though. What What do you reckon? I know this is gonna put you on the spot, but what do you reckon we could do together? I don't know. Maybe a product. Maybe a fucking some. Well, content's easy. We're gonna do content together anyway. I feel. Mm. But I, I reckon there's somewhere there's a product that we could do that would service the audience that that we share. Yeah. You know what I mean? I've always had this, um, I've had this concept for ages. I want like a, you know, like those Apple tags that you put on your keys? Yeah. So you yeah. can never lose your keys? Yeah. I want to get one of those, but I want it to be like, you know, like a pill and you put it in your bar. Yeah, right. So, yeah, and like see. it might last six months or something, you know? Yeah, yeah. And like, that's the sort of thing where it would make sense if like Black Ink released it, but if like made that like a collab product, it it's fucking obvious. You know yeah. what I mean? And like, yeah, definitely, yeah. Your bike has a, 35% chance of getting stolen in the 6230 yeah. postcode. We can recover it. We can yeah. find it. Yeah, that's you know? it. Yeah, and you'd make oh, you'd make money off it for sure. And that's, I mean, it's like bikes are getting stolen left, front and centre now. It's crazy. It's like, it's, it's at the point now, and I'm sure it's been like this for, for a while, but like people make careers out of it, mm. out of being like dirt bike thieves. Yeah, and it's, it's just the, it's the fact that they know that they're not going to get punished, you know? Like it's, unless you end up finding it and finding out who has it but like they know if the person doesn't find it the cops aren't going to do anything yeah so it's just one of those things you know like they know that they can get away with it so they do it more often now why wouldn't you there's bikes just getting stolen everywhere it's crazy yeah. the amount that gets stolen and big bike like multiple bikes as well like there's guys that get multiple bikes stolen at one time and people like just walking through the house at night to grab the keys and see you later and it's like fuck that's crazy like like yeah middle of the day and it's like some of the stories you hear of bikes getting stolen it's it's um it's yeah it's crazy like how ballsy they are now like, well it seems like you know i'm everyone's got their shed locked everyone's got their bikes well, that's, chained up. that's what i mean it, it's yeah everyone locks their bikes up <laughs> yeah and that's and i don't really even start my bike or anything at home just the fact of so then like if I don't start my bike and rev my bike and stuff at home, people don't know that I've got one. Yeah, yeah, very true. And um, but yeah, they still still managed to got it uh, to get it anyway. But um, oh, you got your bike stolen at home? Yeah. Fuck. Yeah, it was like I think it was like two, three o'clock in the morning. They, yeah. Yeah, went through the side gate and then um, the lock in my shed must have been a bit flogged out, so they ended up just getting like a screwdriver in there and fucking opening it up. Nuts. And then, yeah, just walked out with the bike. There was eight of them all up, but there was only... They sent the youngest one in there to go and get it. Yeah. So. Did they write... Did you hear it, like, being kicked over and... Nah. Nah. I, I went to... So I woke up, went Because I sort of... I went out... I used to, like, go to work from out the front door where Dad goes from out the back. And then yeah. comes out the side gate. But um, I was at work driving to Dunsborough and Dad called me and was like, oh, are you, um, are you riding this afternoon? And I was like... No, why's that? And he's like, oh, do you have your bike with you? I was like, no. And he's like, oh, the shed's wide open and your bike's gone. I was like, fuck, fuck off. And he's like, no, nah, I'm fucking serious. I was like, holy fuck. Mm. <laughs> just didn't. It was just one of those things where like, I just, it was it's a horrible feeling, eh? It's just, it's just like dropping your phone and like turning it around, hoping that you didn't. Yeah, dude. Like, it's just you can't do anything about it. And I was just like, fuck. So I went home and did the whole forensics and interviews and shit like that, but. Like, my bike was insured, but as soon as the cops found out that my bike was insured, they were like, oh, don't worry about it. 
So it's insured. Don't worry about it. I was dude, like, usually the country should be pushing for not it's that. A, it's a sixteen thousand dollar motorbike. I was like, you, you expect me to just go? Oh, that's all right. Have it. Yeah. Like they just told me straight up. Oh, if it's insured, don't worry about it then. I was like, are you kidding me? Well, now you got your police report. You just give this to the insurance people. Like, I know how it works. Like, I want my bike back. Yeah, I was nuts. I was just like, fuck. They just want, didn't want to buy of it. And I was like, dude, dude, it's fucking crazy. Yeah, it's just it's just one of those things. I was like, it just blew me away that they just didn't want to help at all. Like, yeah, got to the point where I like, I got to the point where I found out who had it, had proof that he had it, rah rah, and they were just like, nah. Yeah, just didn't want anything to do with it. Eh? I was like, fucking. I me. think the reality is, man. As much as we probably don't want to know, even if it is true, there's some bad shit going on in this town. Oh, definitely. And a stolen motorbike isn't fuck all. Nah. They're like, hey, claim insurance, because at least that way you definitely get the money back. You know, you get the yeah. bike back. It's half fucked. Well, they they sort of said they were like, oh, you can, you can sort of try and deal with it yourself if you want to go get the bike. And I was like, yeah, but then what? And they're like, well, then that sort of risks you getting into the shit. And I was like, well. You're not really giving me an option, then, are you? You can go sort it yourself. <laughs> what, you're going to go arrest me Yeah, yeah. They were, they, they were like, oh, you can go sort it out by yourself if you want. Like, with, and do it yourself and get it back. And I was like, yeah, but most of the time, to get your bike back, you're not just going to knock on the door and say, hey, can I have my bike back? Like, yeah. You're going in there swinging. Like, and then they are like, yeah, but then it risks you getting in the shit. And I was like, well... Yeah, Quite fucking obviously, I'm not going to do that, you <laughs> yeah. know? <laughs> yeah, no worries. That's fucking crazy. But, um... Yeah, it was just fucking one of those things, eh? I was like... I, uh, funny, I had my bike at a mutual friend of ours, actually, one night. I went there, just like, you know, a couple of bottles of piss and some cigarettes. Mm. And uh, I I must have had, I'm, like, I don't drink. And, like, yeah. I had this bike. It's a bike I've got at the moment. I, it was under a 1,000 kilometers old. Yeah. <laughs> it was brand new. Yeah, yeah. So I've, like, you know, rocked up, king shit. And, uh... Like, put my helmet and keys and shit down. I've had a couple to drink. They're like, yeah, keep getting them out of the esky. So I, like, kept on going. And uh, I'm like, fuck, boys. Like, I'm so pissed that not only can, like, I not go into town. Like, I've got to fucking go to bed. Like, I've got yeah, to sleep yeah. on the couch, you know? So they're like, yeah, no, it's all good. We're going to town. Suit yourself. Going to be home alone. So anyway, I fucking pass out. And I wake up and I, like, hear this bike start. I'm like, oh, fuck, I'm going to go home. And I'm like, oh, that sounds like he's close. If I get on my bike quick enough, I'll go fucking mm. fuck with him, you know? And I, like, look out, my helmet's gone. I'm like, fuck. And I, like, go to the fucking garage doors. I open my bike's gone. I'm like, oh, oh fuck. What's happening? Yeah, worse, you know, in someone's house that, like, I don't, like, yeah. never been to this person's house before. Yeah. I kind of know them, you mm. know? Like, I don't know them well at this point. I kind of know them. Yeah. And I'm like, fuck, all right. I just called my dad and I'm like, dad, you're not going to believe what's happened, but my fucking Harley's just been stolen. Yeah. And, uh... I called uh I called the police mm. and, and they're like, Oh well, how long's it been missing? I'm like fifteen minutes, like I heard it leave. Like mm. it woke me up and and they couldn't do something for a certain amount of time, I think yeah, it was. Okay. And uh as it turns out, fucking dad has got straight into detective mode and without going into too too much detail he found it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I did, did some, some fucking real cowboy shit to get it back as well. Yeah, but yeah. And he's like, oh, you need to fucking call back the police and like just say, no, no, no. One of your mates borrowed it off you for the morning or something. Yeah. But yeah, that that feeling when I went out there and like, you just like, they like they took my helmet as well. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, sick helmet. Yeah, like full package. This must be for the Harley in the garage, (laughs) you know? 
But yeah, uh, that feeling of like, fuck. And then, would you believe, now this is a fucking sign that I shouldn't have kept that bike. Glad I did. But at 2,000 Ks, like I just got the, because you get a service at, it must be like a thousand miles or something. Yeah, okay. So it's like yep. twenty two hundred kilometers. Yeah. And uh, I just got that first service done, and I've gone for a ride with Dad, and like we're out near. Oh, what's that? Um, no, it's out near Collie. Anyway, we're doing like a lap, and then staying there for the night, and then coming home in the morning, and it's yeah, only like seventy okay. k's home. Yeah. So we're like come to this T intersection. We're twelve kilometers from the pub we're staying at. So we've been mm. riding around all day, been to like fucking mumble up and shit comes this team intersection and I'm like I've like pulled up in first gear haven't completely stopped I'm mm. still kind of rolling and at this point I've had three sporties and a, and a street bobs the sporties yeah. are 883s yeah, yeah street yeah. bobs like a you know 1400 or something and this yeah. mine's an 1860 yeah so and like it's a weapon you know yeah, it's yeah, a weapon it's, it's got nothing done to it it's a weapon yeah you know? yeah fucking I fucking getting good at like you know getting on the exit of corners dropping the clutch and just wow ah, yeah, you know yeah so I think, oh, I'd be right. I'm going to get it going and like like get a bit of fucking loss of traction, take it out and just, just ride off. Yeah, yeah. And I did that. I slowed right down, bah, 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 got it going. And like dad's ahead of me and his mate's behind me. I fucking sense it out. She's all going good. And it's like, you know, sliding out. I thought, fuck, just got to bring it back in now. There's this wave in the bitumen. My rear tire's gone over and that thing's out. so low. Yeah, yeah. So the primary case has connected with the bitumen, which has brought the wheel oh. off the ground for a second. Yeah, yeah. And then as soon as it's connected, we'll just fucking... Grips, whoosh, yeah. You know? On, bang, yeah. bang, bang. Throw me off the fucking... <laughs> high side me off the bike. Yes. And uh, yeah, luckily because of the ape hangers and running boards, didn't mm. do any real damage to the bike, but fucking had a bit of metal hanging out of my leg and oh. broke all these ribs. and <laughs> yeah. Oh, cracked the primary as well. So there's all the oil's leaking out and like... The boys have looked at it and said, you've got 10Ks left of this primary, you mm. know? Just fucking gun it there, keep the oil moving, and then once you're there, we'll organize to get it towed from there. Yeah. So yeah, fucking rode very sorely there, and it's not until like 10 o'clock that night, you're laying in bed and you're like, oh my God, yeah, oh my yeah, God. The, the, <laughs> like, the adrenaline wears off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like what's this pain, you know? Yeah. But fuck, that, yeah, it would seem, seem like back-to-back those incidents. And then I'm like, is there a third thing coming? Should I sell this bike? Yeah, like, yeah, get rid of it. Just clicked over 35,000 K, so I think I'm clear. Yeah, no, I think you're pretty good now. Yeah, fucking <laughs> over, Got it over with quickly. Oh, sure. dude, I hope. <laughs> and going to that fucking Perth motorcycle show on the weekend. Fuck, dude, you just like see these cunts doing wheelies on Harleys. Yeah, yeah, I've seen like heaps of video. I can do wheelies on Harleys is nuts, I reckon. Like silly, and just the way, just the weight of them as well. It's crazy that they can even like obviously get them. It wouldn't be too much to get them up there, but there's a lot of weight that you're throwing around. Yeah, man. <laughs> but it's just it's the same as everything. Once you get it to that balance point, it's pretty light. Well, this is the thing. Like, I'm pretty sure you were the one who kind of first made this make sense to me. But like, when you like once you kind of find that. It's not even a balance point. It's kind of behind it. Mm. So you're relying on that fall and break, fall yeah, and break. Yeah. And once you get comfortable there, which is no man's land, that's what it feels like. Yeah. Like I even pulled up, um, like I even pulled up, my dad's got like a road bike kind of thing. It's got tiny tires on it. And like I was trying to do wheelies on that the other day. And like the mm. first couple, you're like, it's impossible. Yeah. And you keep doing it. And then all of a sudden you just find it and click and you're like, oh, I can yeah. do wheelies on road bikes. Yeah, yeah. This is nuts. Yeah. So it's I like I wonder they're all, they're all the same but different in ways just because it's different feeling you know like oh then you get on a Grom that's got wheels this big <laughs> and they're fucking this wide as well yeah and it's like oh I feel like I'm on a balance board and I can just like do hang it. off yeah you know? it's do fun it, do it whenever yeah 
that's fully the goal. That's fully the goal for me. Is like as soon as I did dialed in on the Grom, sell that, get a sports star, yeah. put all the bars and shit on it, and start doing it. Yeah, see, bro. Yeah. Imagine if you could say to people that you really Harley's. Yeah. Oh, just former lime definitely, girls, you know. Yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely brownie points. That's for sure. Dude, I'm actually going out with uh, Muggins tomorrow. Muggins is uh, Hardwired Entertainment. Yeah, mint. Yeah, so he, he's like the the like kind. Of, what's his deal? And uh, I said, oh, I'm going to come up to Perth. He's like, you want to get some content? I'm like, with you, I always want to get content. Yeah, yeah. Whatever you want to do. Yeah. So hopefully I get some fucking wild shit after tomorrow. Anyway, let's wrap this up so we can have some dinner and fucking... Yeah. Anyway, it's been a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you very much. Thanks Thanks for having me. You motherfuckers, like and subscribe to every single social media platform that you can find at Black Ink. Don't forget, give Austin a follow on Facebook and Instagram as well. Till then, be good to your mum, because we're out. Always. You!